This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you until 6 a.m. Plenty to get to on this Sunday morning, day after Halloween. I hope everybody had a happy Halloween out there. I do have a social media complaint centered around Halloween that we'll get to later on. A lot of positivity to get the show started. That's Kyle Quinn uh, producing the show tonight, but a lot of stuff to get to. In in the 5 o'clock hour, a special treat for you. uh, To wake up um, on your uh, Sunday morning, if you know some people I guess will get up an hour earlier than usual with daylight savings time, Um, if anybody's still up. Late, if you want to call 215-592-9494. But um, if, you know, you want to go back to sleep, I'll, I'll, I will play you some of Andy McPhail. Uh, we, we will react to it. But truly, a stunning press conference from Andy McPhail. It is, I don't know, like, what goes through the heads of Philly's management when you put you know, either John Middleton or Andy McPhail out there, and you think it's going to make anything better. Like, this was the most enraging press conference I've ever heard in my life. And I I really don't feel like I'm overstating it. Um, The way Andy McPhail talks, he is condescending. He is disrespectful. Um, He has no interest in doing the job. Like, he basically said... Several times, I'm just here because Middleton wants me here. Like, I don't care about this. I don't want to be here. I told, he he says, I told him that uh, I'm done once the contract's over. Like, you have a guy as your team president who literally could not care less whether the team, um, whether the team makes the playoffs or not. Whether the team wins or not, he just wants to collect his check and go home. I, I mean, I get it. Andy McPhail's an older man. He wants to enjoy retire. Let him go enjoy retirement. Uh, let him go enjoy his life. Um, but John Middleton still fixated on that that glorious 1991 Minnesota Twins World Series. Uh, just cannot let go of Andy McPhail. So we'll let you hear some of McPhail. Later on in the 5 o'clock hour, it is truly uh, astonishing some of the things that he said. Maybe we'll get to the Sixers a little later on. I've been surprised the lack of enthusiasm this week surrounding the Daryl Morey hire, uh, which I think is an absolute game changer for the 76ers. Uh, 
if they have any chance of getting out of the unenviable position they are in with their contract uh, situation right now, with their salary cap issues, Daryl Morey is the guy to do it. Uh, You hire Doc Rivers and a really accomplished coaching staff. I'm excited uh, for what the Sixers can do moving forward. So we'll get to that later on. I won't get the chance to um, get to it tonight, but I'm halfway through this Sam Hinkie podcast uh, on ESPN. Uh, He did an interview with Pablo Torre, and um, we'll have some of that sound to play for you probably Monday night uh, because uh, tomorrow we'll be breaking down Eagles-Cowboys, and that's where we'll start. Eagles-Cowboys Sunday night, and it's obviously a big game. You know, Eagles 2-4-1, Dallas 2-5, and a real opportunity for the Eagles to separate themselves and somewhat take a stranglehold of this division. Despite the way they've played, um, the Eagles are extremely fortunate. They're extremely fortunate to be in the NFC East, which is the worst division I've ever seen in any sport, ever. And, uh, you know, the Cowboys, the Giants, Washington football team, uh, they all stink. And regardless of the way the Eagles have played this season, they have not played well. Um, They are in a a decent spot because of the division in which they play. And, you know, in this spot, playing a Dallas team that is on their third-string quarterback in Ben DiNucci, uh, you know, in many ways, the Eagles are, are in a position where they almost can't win on Sunday night even if they win. Like, you can only come out... um, There's nothing to gain for the Eagles, essentially. There's only things to lose. Like, the Eagles could win this game, and if they're not extremely convincing, it's going to be concerning. Uh, A win alone doesn't buy you anything. This is a team that the Eagles should obliterate. On Sunday night. I mean, when I say the Cowboys are bad, the Cowboys are awful this year. Um, and the Cowboys were a bad team, even with Dak Prescott at quarterback. This is maybe the worst defense in the NFL. And there are some bad defenses in the NFL. They can't stop anybody. Daniel Jones and the Giants put up 34 on the Cowboys in Dallas. They gave up 39 to Atlanta. They, uh, they, they've they they've been giving up over 30 points pretty much every week. I think the only time they held a team under 30, aside from week one when they played the Rams, was last week against Washington. They are terrible on both sides of the football. Their offensive line somehow might be more beat up than the Eagles' offensive line is right now. And with Ben DiNucci at quarterback... This is a game the Eagles should absolutely dominate. The Eagles are getting players back. The Eagles are getting healthier, which we'll talk about, which is exciting to see. But I want to know if anybody has any level of concern whatsoever in regards to this game. Because I'm, I'm telling you, I... I don't know if I have ever gone into an Eagles game so 
confident, and especially an Eagles team that hasn't been very good uh, being this confident in Eagles team. But does anybody have any level of concern for this game whatsoever? Uh, and if you say no, I, I won't blame you because this Dallas team is awful. And if you want to get in 215-592-9494. But, you know, you could tell all week that this week has been different where we always try to drum up, you know, the cowboy hate. And me and, and Mike Angelina and I were kind of making fun of it the other night. We did our... Uh, our our Mount Rushmore of Cowboy Week radio topics. Uh, you you want to guess a couple that are on there, Kyle? Uh, Mount Rushmore of Eagles radio, uh, Eagles Week or so, Cowboys well, Week? Sorry, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what you mean by that. So like that we typically talk about every Eagles Cowboys. Yeah, week? like when's the moment you hated the cow? You learned. Oh cowboy, yeah, okay, that, like that that kind of stuff. Yeah, your most hated cowboy that right. that we were doing, but. Cowboy Week isn't, like, do you get the sense that there's not that same level of enthusiasm for Cowboy Week this year? Yeah, definitely, and there's <laughs> there's plenty of different things that go into it. I mean, both teams kind of stink, which usually, I guess, doesn't always put you totally out of it. Like, take the end of last year, for instance, but the division isn't really on the line here, and I think people are kind of, you know, Dallas is kind of falling way down the list of teams that, I view as a threat to the Eagles winning this division at this point. Like, oh, yeah. Like I said, it's it, the football team is the team that scares me because they have the win on us. Right. I mean, <laughs> and if any team necessarily scares us, that's not a good sign for the Eagles. Like, the Eagles should run away with this division. Yeah. They, they should. should. They should run away with the division. <laughs> is there any level of, of fear for you in this game, Kyle? In this game? Yes. No. There's not even the slightest bit of fear. I mean... Ben DiNucci, when I saw him last week, as soon as he got the ball snapped to him, he just pretty much like crawled over in fetal position. And I, I guess I can't blame him after what he just saw happen to Andy Dalton and the Cowboys not sticking up for him. He's probably like, I don't want to go out there. Like, I'm going to get killed. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to get some guys back on their O-line, but look, it's Ben DiNucci. There's a reason he's a seventh-round rookie that went to James Madison and couldn't beat Nathan Peterman out at Pittsburgh. So Really? He, he didn't beat out Peterman? No. Oh, my God. Yeah. So there's no way. So you know he's obviously going to take the Cowboys right down the field and oh, score on the yeah. first drive. First drive. Yeah. So if you have any fear on this game, I'd love to hear. I, I haven't heard anybody say they have any fear yet. I don't. I mean, it, this is a game the Eagles should should dominate. And, um, you know, it, do we sometimes try to force the Cowboy hate thing? I think we do. I, I don't think, you know, I and it's kind of a weird position that, I'm in, and I think, I don't know if you feel the same way, Kyle, but people of our age group, uh, you know, I hate the Cowboys, obviously, but I don't have this this horrible disdain that's worse than the Giants or the football team. Really? You know what? I think I do, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fans, like the Dallas fans in the area. They piss me off more than anything. Like Giants fan, I mean, we're close to New York. I can understand that, and we live, you know, right near Jersey. That's okay, and I hate the Giants, but it's the Dallas fans that are from Philadelphia and have no association, no relation to Dallas whatsoever, who root for the Cowboys, and they just 
they rub it in your face and they make it ten times worse. Like they flaunt their five Super Bowl rings as, as though they were your... alive for right. any of them. I know it, that that's what pisses me off is that they're so stupid. Well, that's the thing. I just I just could care less about them. Like <laughs> yeah, they, I, I, I let them bother me. I guess which is my problem. Yeah. I just kind of, you know, I don't know. I just ignore the Cowboys. But, like, the Giants, I guess maybe this is more recent history, but, like, we beat the Giants every single time. The past, like, five years, we split the division, or we split the two division games with Dallas every year. Right. Um, Yeah, and and I I think it's obviously different when the teams are good, but when the Cowboys are this bad, I don't know. I just... I don't, I don't get that hyped up for for a cowboy. No, well, I'm not hyped about it. I will right. enjoy reveling in their misery, but <laughs> but I, I'm not like you know super juiced up about this Eagles Cowboys game. I'm sure the rest of America isn't either. They got to watch it on primetime. I honestly get the sense nobody wants, nobody's excited <laughs> for this game whatsoever. <laughs> nobody. I think when I I saw on Twitter last week, people were like, "Please flex this game out." Well, that, that's Sunday the people night. who just don't want to stay right. up on Sunday night. Yeah, well, late. And they shouldn't be talking with your schedule, Kyle. You got, you're in the middle of like a marathon weekend. Yeah, actually like Jeez. two, three weeks because I've been doing the morning show. Yeah. Like Monday through Thursday, Friday. Oh, man. This, yesterday, that's like my only day off in a three-week span. So, yeah. And do you worked with Howard. And with Howard this morning, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, so you didn't have all. Uh, well, Friday, oh, okay. the day I had off. Because, oh, okay. Yeah, so I wasn't there in the morning, but, you know, I didn't get to sleep in Friday night. Well, there you go. Uh, 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Um, if you want to give your thoughts on this game, you're welcome to. I'll give you my prediction uh, next segment. Let's go to uh, Steve in Tampa. What's up, Steve? Well, well, well. Good morning and welcome to Central Standard Time. Good morning, Steve. How are you? I'm excellent. How are you? I'm not bad. Hanging in there. You know, part of Florida is in Central Time Zone. So is that right? Yeah, uh, down around the Panhandle, around Tallahassee, and so uh, huh. west of that. I never uh, knew that. We have both our centers want to put Florida on the one time zone. You know, and uh, they don't like uh, standard time. They don't want to. They want to put it on uh, daylight savings time year round. Huh? I didn't. So, I, I didn't know there were different time zones in Florida, Steve. Yeah, or... just remember the election a couple of years ago where. They called Florida for one candidate, and well, central, you know, the Central Times are still voting. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, hopefully, we don't have any disputes or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. Well, no. There. Part of uh, Florida is in the Central Times. Um, I, 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 I don't want to get into politics part. here, but all right. I understand. I'm, I'm just kidding, Steve. Yeah. I understand that too. Um, you know, the, the Sixers have made a whole bunch of uh, changes. Um, and uh, I'm just wondering, have they made those changes just to make changes, or do you think they're really serious on uh, changing the direction of the team? No, I think they're serious in changing the direction of the team, Steve. I you mean, really think so? Huh? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Daryl Morey is one of the best executives in the NBA, and it's a home run hire. Like, if you, if he, this is a guy who. I feel would be coveted by almost every team in the league. He is highly accomplished. The stuff he does doesn't necessarily always work out, but he's not afraid to try things. He's not afraid to think differently, and um, that's what the Sixers need. They need somebody who can come in and and come in with a fresh perspective, and I think Daryl Morey, if anybody could turn this thing around, it's him. Let me ask you a question that comes into my brain. Why in the world, given the cap, 
that the Sixers are in and, and um, uh, the failure uh, to go anywhere past the first round of playoffs. Why would he want to come to this team? Because I think he sees uh, the fact that they have two elite, talented young players, Steve. And that's the thing, I think, when we look at the Sixers, we're very close to the situation. And we see a lot of the negatives, and there are a lot of negatives. But when you look at it from the outside, a lot of people nationally and outside the organization see Embiid and Simmons and still think the situation is salvageable. And I do, too. I still think that with those two guys, you still have, what, two top 20, maybe top 15 players, and maybe better than that if they improve where you'd like to see them improve. And if you can build a roster around them that complements their skills well, I think all of a sudden you could have a really competitive team. Let me ask you one. Does it surprise you that the former Sixers coach still hasn't got a job? No, that does not surprise me at all, Steve. I, if he maybe could go somewhere and be an assistant, I think Brett's probably taking a year off, though. Really? Yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised Brett did not get a job. Let's let's talk about the Eagles uh, real quickly. Sure. Um, you know, I, I, um, I, I just think the Eagles' defense is is pretty weak and gives up a lot of big plays. Uh, do you think? I, I know it's a third or fourth string quarterback that. Uh, that's playing for Dallas. Do you think that this team, if they come, when they come up with giving up only maybe a one or two touchdowns, do you think that would uh, go forward and um, make the defense better? What if they didn't give up as many touchdowns? If they come up with a real good game, do you think that would, you know, stick to the mind scoring forward to the? Because their schedule is pretty tough now. The next couple of games. Yes, yeah, Steve, um, I don't think we're going to learn a lot about the defense in this game. You don't think so? Not in this game. The Eagles the Eagles shouldn't allow many points to, to this quarterback in this offense. And finally, um, given McHale's uh, conference the other night, uh, do you think this is that he's gone before next season? Andy McPhail? Yeah. No, I think Andy McPhail's here for as long as he wants to be. Andy McPhail's got a job for life if he wants it, Steve. John Middleton. Really? John what? Middleton. Uh, are, are, have, have you heard the way John Middleton talks about him? John Middleton loves McPhail. He doesn't want him to go anywhere. Yeah, but he said, I believe in his press conference, that he was willing to step down whenever. If they got another GM, but if the Phillies say they can't hire anybody in the midst of a pandemic, I mean, they can't do Yeah, but the Sixers can, right but the Phillies can't. Exactly, Steve. It's, it's, you I know, don't understand that. No, hey, nobody I got to go. Thanks okay, a lot. For, no problem, Steve. Steve always, Steve always gets me with that, where he always big times me at the end of the call. He always finds a way to sneak in that he's leaving He's me. in control. He's trying to let you know that he is in control of this phone call. It does put me in my place a little bit. It, it does. I mean, you you get a little flustered back there. I can tell. You're like, man, I don't, I don't know what to do here. Steve's kind of like a dog marking his territory <laughs> where he's got to, you know, he wants to, he'll let me know when the call's over. I'll, I won't let I'll him I'll tell you what, if I were a host, I would take great satisfaction in being the guy that hangs up on the caller. I don't really take joy in it I, I i would like to talk to callers as long as i can well but if steve makes it a game like that then, right well you sometimes better believe it. yeah sometimes you got to move it along but yeah steve yeah steve is um steve definitely makes sure he's in control of he got you good there he does uh 215 592 
215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Uh, when we get back, I'll give you my keys to the game and prediction for Sunday night. But um, is anybody worried at all about this game? Does anybody care about this game? And I, I, I hate to say that about an Eagles-Cowboys Sunday night game, but there is less buzz about an Eagle-Cowboy game than I can remember in in a long time. A game of meaning, and this game does have meaning, even if these two teams are, are pretty bad. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly, with you till 6, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly. In uh, for myself, I'm so used to saying in for Big Daddy Graham, but I'm not in for Big Daddy Graham tonight. I'll be in for Big Daddy tomorrow uh, after the post-game show, starting around 2.30. So uh, we'll do that, I guess. I Yeah, usually around 2.30 is when the post-game show ends for the Sunday night game. So um, I'll be with you uh, tomorrow, hopefully breaking down an Eagles victory. As the Eagles host the Cowboys in a game that there's just not much buzz for. And I get it. I really do. I, I'm i not as excited for this game as I typically would be. I mean, Eagles-Cowboys Sunday night is usually a very big deal. Um, this is, You always get an Eagles-Cowboys Sunday night game middle of the year. I feel like it's every year. Last year was not good. The Eagles-Cowboys game in Dallas when they got absolutely trounced. Um, the year before that, what was the... Yeah, the, the year before that was a game at the Link where Zach Ertz was just short on a fourth down. You remember that play? Oh, yeah. And I remember uh, even worse was the game in Dallas when it started off with the kickoff, the no-clear recovery. Oh, yeah. And then Dallas Goddard, OPI. That was later in the year, in the year, yeah. That was a brutal, brutal game because, I mean, we were going back and forth with Dallas. Wentz actually played a great game. Well, he played a great second half. Yeah, you're right. He was very bad in the first half of that game. Yep. And it ended up being the last game he played that season. But, uh, yeah, it stunk the Eagles' loss. But looking back, that was actually a great game. It was a really entertaining game. Um, but, yeah, uh, the Eagles definitely got a we're, – we're on the bad, on the wrong end of some uh, questionable officiating calls in that one. Uh, 215-592-9494. Love to hear from you. If you want to talk about the game, have any concerns about the game, um, want your thoughts. And also, if you want to get on Daryl Morey, uh, Annie McPhail, we'll – get to those topics a little later on but um two organizations that i think are going in opposite directions the sixers are on i think a really positive trajectory even after the season they had an extremely disappointing season josh harris went off went out in this offseason and so far has done everything right put together a legitimate coaching staff led by a coach who has a track record of 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 success um, go out and get the best executive available, regardless of what promises you've made to Elton Brand. And, you know, I think now the Sixers have a pathway to getting out of this really poor position they put themselves in, while the Phillies, I I, I, I think they are doomed to go down a really, um, a really ugly road here. And John Middleton... Needs to wake up and see what is happening with this organization. I I think John Middleton doesn't really know what's going on. I don't think he, you know, understands the dire situation that the Phillies are in. Um, but what Andy McPhail said 
on Friday was deeply troubling. And we'll go through all of it in the 5 o'clock hour. I will play some of the sound in the 3 o'clock hour uh, because um, it's just beyond arrogant, the attitude that this guy has for winning not a damn thing in this town. Uh, and it, it's it's unbelievable that he not only still has a job, but seemingly has a job as long as he wants it. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Greg and Chalfont. What's up, Greg? Hey, Tom. How's it going, man? How you doing, man? Good. Doing all right. Um, with the Eagles, I've been listening to WIP all week, and uh, Angelo has really got me thinking about this team a lot and how he thinks that there's no reason to worry that this is a gimme. But if you go back until really 2017, the year we went into the Super Bowl, um, we have not had a decisive win that I can really recall. And a lot of our division wins, especially with the Cowboys, have been very close games. So there's really very little that's been done by this team in the way that they perform, especially the defense um, and allowing points, but the offense has not put up a lot of points. And with the health of the team right now, uh, there's not a whole lot there for me to feel 100% confident that this is going to be a win. you got Jason Peters coming back, who's going to last two quarters at most, is my prediction. you got Lane Johnson, who I, I think they're rushing him back because they're just short on depth at this point. But if they want to make a run and they want to really convince fans that this team has a shot of anything, they really need to make this a decisive win, not just a 24-17 squeaker. No, I agree with you, Greg, and it should be a decisive win. I think it will be, but I get your concerns on on that front where the offense hasn't played consistent. That's what you'd like to see from them is a consistent game where they are, are, are not killing themselves with turnovers and penalties. And it's been the concerning thing to me about Carson Wentz is that, you know, he's done some miraculous, heroic things, but he hasn't been consistent enough. And this offense should not struggle to score against this Dallas defense. Dallas defense is bad, and defensively for the Eagles, I mean, you're going up against a seventh-round rookie, and if you can't make this kid look really bad on a Sunday night, I, I agree that, you know, even if the Eagles win it, if they don't win it convincingly, it would be concerning. Well, and my thing is, all right, so if we win, you know, 24-17, you know, we'll be okay with that because it's a win. But what's going to happen, and it's a definite what-if because it's anything is possible. If Danucci comes out here, surprises everybody, and plays the greatest game he'll ever play in his life, and the Eagles lose, like, what is, what is the conversation going to be tomorrow morning if that happens? What's the conversation going to be that, I can you know, guarantee concerning – the conversation's going to be fire Jim Schwartz. I guarantee you that's going to be a conversation. If that's I mean, what that's happens, like that's been, yeah. That's, that had to have been the conversation going into this whole season, though, because Jim Schwartz has been terrible. Uh, yeah, you know what, Greg? I disagree with that. I think Jim Schwartz has had bad moments. Certainly this season, he has not had a great year. But in general, I think he's a pretty good defensive coordinator. Now, I, I get if you have gripes with him at some times, but I think in general he's done a decent job. This year has not been his best season, though, especially the Rams game and the Steelers game I thought were really bad game plans. Yeah, and, you know, the other thing, too, Howie Roseman. Like, I think it's going to be one of those games to watch where if C.D. Lamb goes off and has a game against us, you know, how, how many times are we going to talk about how many how, Howie Roseman has missed and just totally disserviced this roster? 
Yeah, no, no, it, I, I get you, Greg, and I appreciate the call, man. Thanks. I, I, I think with Howie, and you know, I tend to defend Howie at times, and I, I, I agree that the draft misses are are ugly. I mean, they are. I mean, every time you watch DK Metcalf on a football field, it, it's it's infuriating, but. I will at least say this in uh, a modest defense um, because you can't miss on the draft picks Eagles have missed on and the Ortega Whiteside pick is abominable. It is one of the worst picks um, I've ever seen. It'll go down in Eagles history. is a terrible pick and really the whole 2017 draft has been a, a disaster. But in a, a defense of Howie Roseman, you know, for the mistakes that the Eagles have made in the draft, you do got to give them some level of credit for guys that they find. Now, you can say, you know, they didn't know about Travis Fulgham, they didn't draft and they caught him, whatever. But while the DK Metcalf thing has already been, is always going to be frustrating, you also got to look at it on the other side and see that, okay, they missed on DK Metcalf, they took Ortega Whiteside, that was a massive miss. But it seems like they have somehow found the guy to play that position long-term in Fulgham. You know, you look at the future of this team from a skill position standpoint, as much as we have crushed the Eagles, you know, I think Fulgham's for real. I do. I think he's going to be a legitimate wide receiver here, not just this year, but I think he's going to be a guy you can use beyond this season and rely on. Um, I was negative at first on the Jalen Rager pick. I think I might have been wrong on that. I, I'm From what I saw early in the season, it's just two games, um, I like what I saw from Jalen Rager, and I think he can be your speed guy, and I think Rager and Fulgham are receivers who could actually really complement each other very well long-term, a la what you thought you were going to get from Deshaun and Alshon going into the season, except they're a lot younger. You look at Goddard. You look at Miles Sanders. You know, the skill guys long-term here aren't that bad. You're not in that bad of a position. Um, You may have missed on some of your offensive linemen you drafted. Uh, Who knows about Andre Dillard? Dillard might be a miss, but I think Jordan Mulata, who you got in the seventh round and groomed, might end up being a real legitimate starting tackle for you moving forward. And I'm not ready to give up on Dillard yet either. But, you know, just an example that for as many picks as the team has missed on and, and the linebacker situation is indefensible, um, I'm not going to defend that at all. But while this team has missed on on some picks here, you do got to give them credit for guys that they find Um out of nowhere because they have had a track record of doing that. Um, and, you know, it saved their season in the past. You look at back in 2018, uh, finding a guy like Craven LeBlanc, who you can laugh at it now, but that year he was a very um, useful player for this team. Sorry, I just got distracted. Kyle, do you see this 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 field on this Missouri Western the game? Purple and silver. Oh, my God. That's horrendous. I'm sorry. I just... I was in the middle of a point and it just blinded my eyes. That's an abomination. I don't, oh. you know, I don't like the Boise's blue field, but that was like that was ten oh. times worse. Yeah, I didn't know if there was something wrong with the picture or, or something there, but 
Uh, sorry, I got, got a little distracted. But, yeah, that was my modest defense of Howie. Uh, 215-592-9494. And real quick, I'm going to give you my keys to the game and prediction for this game. Now, uh, obviously, you know, the Eagles' best advantage in this game is the fact that they're going up against Ben DiNucci, a third-string quarterback. And one of the units that I have been, frankly, disappointed in this year has been the Eagles' defensive line, which they've been good at times, but they haven't been consistently dominant, and that's what we expect from this defensive line. They're the highest-paid defensive line in the NFL. they got to be better. Yeah, Hargrave has been a quite a disappointment, I'd say. Has he played this year? Yeah. Yeah, he just hasn't shown up on the stat sheet. Yeah. Um, but... The Eagles defensive line, especially against this Dallas offensive line, which is beaten up and bad, the Eagles defensive line needs to dominate. And obviously, that all starts with stopping Ezekiel Elliott. Like, the only way the Cowboys have any chance to even hang in this game is if Zeke Elliott just runs wild, which he has done in the past. Now, I think a lot of that goes to the fact the Eagles are obviously worried about Dak and getting the ball to their talented receivers. Um... That's not something the Eagles should have to worry about in this game. The defensive line's got to dominate. Uh, Fletcher Cox, Hargrave, Malik Jackson, Brandon Graham, Derek Barnett, they need to dominate this game. So uh, I think that is, you know, as far as I look at it, the number one key to this game, Eagles defensive line needs to dominate. Number two, attack downfield early and often in this game. Don't you know, like, be sm- Carson Wentz has to be smart, but this is not the game to come out with a conservative game plan. It's really not. That Dallas secondary is terrible. You got Jalen Rager back. I would go deep to Rager several times in this game. You know, get Rager on the field with John Hightower, use your speed, and really stretch that Dallas defense. That'll open everything else up underneath. Uh, you're getting Dallas Goddard back. That is a huge boost. Um, and I think tomorrow night is is a night where you you attack down the field, you attack often, and you look uh, to really push the ball down the field on this Dallas defense. Uh, they are terrible, and it will open everything else up. Um, and, you know, number three is pretty easy with the keys to the game in this one. Just don't screw it up. Just don't screw it up. Like, the Eagles should win this game easily. Don't be stupid. Do what you need to do. No turnovers. And this is directly to Carson Wentz. The only chance the Cowboys have in this game is if you play recklessly, you play stupid, you commit turnovers that you shouldn't commit. Just play smart. You know, attack, be aggressive, but, you know, don't do not do dumb things to allow Dallas to hang in this game. Can we just have an easy victory tonight, please? I'm begging the Eagles to just give us one easy victory. This should be it. Um, and, you know, don't mess up on special teams. Don't commit penalties. Don't do any of that stuff. And it's pretty simple. Uh I like the Eagles in this game. Twenty-eight to seventeen is my final score. Um, I it should be more than that. The Eagles should win this game by at least two touchdowns. But the way they've played this year, it, it's hard for me to say that they won't 
allow Dallas any kind of hope, but um, they should win this game easily. I and mean, this is a horrible Dallas Cowboy team. And uh, I'm picking the Eagles 28 17. Would love your thoughts. 215 592 9494 if you want to get in. 215 592 9494. I see Mike in South Philly on the line. Mike will be up next. Mike is. Um, uh, told me dictating to me I've called I have Steve telling Steve hanging up on me and Steve has told and Mike has told me rather that if the Eagles don't win by double digits I cannot be positive under any circumstances wow. tomorrow well you better get your show under control here you got callers telling you what the well, I mean Mike's right on this though Mike's yeah. right well yeah no I, I don't think yeah. anyone is going to be able to derive any positives from a loss this week there's yes. just no way so we'll talk to Mike when we get back and also I got a Halloween related social media gripe for you which is one that i think i've done before but it's extra relevant today uh because i've seen plenty of pictures 215-592-9494 i'm tom kelly sports radio 94 wip sports radio 94 wip i'm tom kelly i was about to say in for big daddy graham again but i'm not in for big daddy graham it's a sunday morning better get it together i know i'm i'm tired man this extra hour it, it, I mean, it was fun doing that hour with Jolly, though, on Daylight Savings. I hope everybody had a safe Halloween. Ricky Ricardo was, like, very worried last week about Halloween. He was very worried about Halloween being canceled. And um, Well, Ricky wanted like, to Ricky, dress up I'm and like, get trick-or-treating. It'll be fine, man, if you want to celebrate Halloween. So Halloween <laughs> Ricky, Ricky wanted to go out. He was very concerned. But, um, yeah, I hope everybody enjoyed Halloween if they, if they did go out. Um, I have to give a social media gripe real quick i and i think i have said this before not necessarily halloween themed but just going through twitter on uh saturday if i see one more person post a picture of their dog dressed up in a halloween costume it is just these people are sickening they are sick Sick human beings. Uh, I mean, I, I like you'll see a couple dressed as like chefs or something. They're like our little lobster, and it's like a dog dressed up in a lobster out. It's like you like just just go to hell. Seriously, poor dog, man. I mean, what is Kyle? What is the matter? And just in general, people that treat dogs like children, like our little baby. No, yeah. it's a dog. I, I I I had a dog. My you know for a long time. She passed away, unfortunately. But dogs are not children. Like they're, they're dogs. They're like they're, they're they're not your little baby. They're not your child. Stop well, acting like dogs are children. Well, give these people an actual child, and I'm sure they'll be going back on. I mean, children are, um, I would imagine, are way more difficult to deal with than a dog. Oh. They would realize that as soon as they had one. Oh, it's just it's just disgusting. It really is. <laughs> like, I, like these people are just so embarrassing. They're embarrassing to to themselves, um, but I I just the amount of I saw way too many dogs dressed up in Halloween costumes. What was your favorite? I don't know. I just <laughs> saw too many. I just I, uh, it's just so annoying. Why are people so annoying on social media? It's because it's social media. It's just the worst. Or and I'll just give you another one that that I've seen recently. Like people who add, like, hey Twitter, I'm feeling like. Baking something to which any suggestions like, like isn't that, I, isn't I that for like, Facebook? What the I think? hell is yeah. these people's problems? <laughs> like, just if you want to make something, make something. And people who refer to it like 
okay, Twitter, I need your help. Yeah, okay, Twitter, like, like, oh, yeah, Jesus, like to have some big stop. platform. How many of those people do you think actually take the suggestions that they're given? Probably they just, none. They, they just want people to know that they're baking something. Exactly. They just, Kyle, this is the whole thing. They just want people to, these are people that live extremely sad lives, extremely lonely people that just want attention. Yeah, it's a validation thing. Yeah, and it's, I don't know, may, maybe I'm the sick one, I don't know, but... I, You're getting I, old. <laughs> I feel like these people are, are sick, sick human beings. 215-592-9494. You can hear the defeat in my voice. I'm just defeated by the idiocy on social media. Let's go to Mike in South Philly. What's up, Mike? Poor dogs. I just, Mike, isn't it awful, these people dressing up dogs for Halloween? Like, come on. Oh, yeah. You don't need to do that. And uh, the, everybody loves to show their uh, their costumes. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. How many people do you think actually like Halloween, and how many people do you think like just posting pictures of themselves dressed up on social media? Uh, oh, oh, it's 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 definitely the latter. Without like, a if doubt. If it wasn't social media, I think half of them wouldn't even dress up, because then they wouldn't be able to post pictures of themselves. There'd be no point of even dressing up. Well, especially this year, Mike, because I don't think there are as many Halloween parties going on. So now I think people are literally just dressing up for that reason. Like, in the past, people would go to Halloween parties and stuff, but this year, I'm sure some people still are, but certainly not as many as usual. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um... But, uh, yeah, I mean, I hope uh, if people were able to have fun, good for them. I mean, good candy. I'll never turn down some good candy. Yeah, candy is a – well, it depends what kind it is, Mike. I have fought with Glenn Mack now for years. Whatever, Almond Joys? Glenn loves Almond Joys. He gives them out at at his house. I told Glenn, you got to stop giving those out. Nobody nobody wants those. Yeah, the candy corn uh, debate's the big one, right? Everybody loves debating the candy corn. Yeah, candy corn's okay. I, 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 My yeah, argument is, you know, for the, uh, there's a lot of contrarians out there who talk it up. I'm like, well, if you like candy corn so much, how come you, you never buy it in the season other than Halloween? You don't, you don't see people, people buying candy corn in January that's or like point. June, right? That's, that's a good point. What, Have you ever seen anybody with a bag of candy corn in a, in a month that wasn't in the Halloween months uh, buying candy corn? Never. What, what's, <laughs> your favorite, what's your favorite candy, Mike? Uh, anything with chocolate and peanut butter. I like, you know, uh, Reese Cups, Fifth Avenue. Well, well, um, I, well, if you like something with chocolate and peanut butter, I, I don't, I, I don't never hear this mentioned. I don't even know if it's made anymore, but the best candy bar ever was Nutrageous. I think they still make that. Do they? It's dramatic. I do. Um, I can't eat peanuts anymore or like, you know, okay. like peanuts, peanuts, but, um, I, I can eat peanut butter. Uh, you ever try, I mentioned this as travel last night. Trader Joe's makes some great peanut butter cups. Yeah. My wife has bought those a couple of times. Oh, they're so good. I, I like, I still prefer the Reese's better, but either way, do you agree that you gotta, you gotta put the, the cup in the, the fridge or the freezer for a little bit, get it nice and cold for you? Well, it depends. If it's like a summer month, yeah, you could put it in the fridge. But if it's like the fall, you get, if you get them right from the store, they're, they're pretty, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then sometimes you get those ones with the, with the, you can tell they've been sitting around for a month. The peanut butter's dry and crumbly in the middle. It's like, eh, you right. know what I mean? Right. Right. Uh, but anyway, about the Eagles, um, you know, I was actually, I actually thought about this like just a few hours ago. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on Carson Wentz in this game because with how bad that defense is, there's like no excuse for him to not have a good game. If he has another one of those games where he throws like a couple picks or has like a pick and a fumble and he can't, you know, and there's a lot of three and outs, uh, even if he like picks it up in the second half, like that would be a 
it would be all the ammo that once haters need to rip to tear him down because I mean that defense makes you know that would make you know Mike McMahon look like a Hall of Famer. That's how bad that defense is. If Carson Wentz can't come out right out of the gate, and I'm not saying they have to score a touchdown on every drive, but if they can't score at least 30 points against this Cowboys defense, that's that's going to be a bad look for Wentz. Yeah, I agree, Mike, and it's the one reason I have any level of concern about this game, and not concern that the Eagles will lose, but the fact that they could let him hang around is, you know, Carson hasn't played a full 60-minute game yet. I think by far his best game of the year was Pittsburgh, Um, and I don't really even think it was close, and I think a lot of the criticism that he's gotten this year has been deserved. I'm not really as worried about the defense in this game, obviously going against Danucci, but... um, you know, there's no excuse. This is a bad Cowboys defense. You got a lot of your weapons back. You know, Rager, Goddard, they'll be on the field. So there's no excuse for Carson not to not to play an exceptional game tomorrow or tonight. Whatever. Yeah, I want no turnovers. I don't want him to have a single turnover in this game. Right, and I don't think that's too much to ask. Like, of a fifth-year quarterback, that should never be too much to ask. And, um, you know, I know a, a lot of people who d- are diehard Carson Wentz defenders – think people have been too tough on him this year, but he's turning the ball over way too much. Yeah, and it's not like, you know, if he had like five games in a row, excuse me, without a turnover, you could say, okay, well, maybe he's due for one, but he's had one in every game this season. Yeah. You know, if there's any game to cut that out, it's, it's it's against the Cowboys. Now, as for what I think will happen, honestly, I'm kind of torn because I don't think the Eagles have earned any right to pick them to win in a blowout. But at the same time, they're also getting healthy players back. So you could go, okay, well, they're getting Rager back. They're getting Malik Jackson and Lane Johnson and Peters back. By the way, if Peters starts at left tackle, I'm going to be pissed off. Well, he's going to, and it's disgrace. Yeah, it's it's, disgrace. Rid- it's ridiculous, but he's going to. Yeah, it's, well, for, not just for the fact that they, my, my, we need to see what Mylotta has for the rest of the season because not that it'll probably matter because you know Peters will go down with an injury in the same game. He'll, he'll be right, out right. by halftime. Right. But, but Mylotta but, won't be prepared. You know? Yeah, and then also, but we need to know, like, since Peters won't be back next year, he's likely going to retire or he just won't be back. Like, they need to have all the data that they have on him, all the film that they have on him to make the correct evaluation, whether it should be Dillard or Mylotta or somebody else going forward. If they just start Peters the rest of the year, like, that's, that's organizational malpractice. Like, I know they want to make the playoffs, even though, like, even though I think it's best for them not to, but regardless – they're trying to make the playoffs as an organization, but at the same time, they also have to keep an eye on the future as well. Like you have to do both things at once. Yeah, definitely. And I think they look at it and they they know they have Lane Johnson. Even though Lane, you know, he this is a few years now he's dealing with injuries seemingly nonstop. But I think they look at the other side and and they still think Dillard or, or Milada could be the guy. So I think either way, they think they have a long term plan. But the thing is, Peters is only going to get worse. Like this is important developmental time for Milada that you know if he plays plays more games this year he'll be better next year yeah and also if you start Milada left tackle that means Peters starts inside you can get Matt Pryor off the field it's been awful right like so anyway you slice it it's just a terrible move but anyway back to the point like yeah so the Eagles are getting healthy guys back so I think that'll also help so they should blow Dallas out by double digits 
at the same time, I don't think they've earned that. So I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, go in the middle a little bit. I, I think they'll win like a 27, 20 type game. You just know, just because this is how has, it's been working out with Howie Roseman lately, every, every receiver he hasn't been able to get has gone off and look like a hall of famer. <laughs> so I think the Eagles will win, but you know, CD lamb's going to have like a 200 yard game. You know, it's gonna I happen. don't like the matchup with him and Nick Hell Roby Coleman, by oh. the way, that guy's terrible. Roby Coleman. He stinks. Oh, yeah, he's off. He, he, CeeDee Lamb is going to get, like, three touchdowns, and he's going to break, like, an 80-yard. You know, it's just, it's just the way it happens. Every player, every receiver that Howie Roseman is unable to get looks like the best player in the world. Like, what? it's just, it's, it's, it's like the perpetual suffering of an Eagles fan. Mike, how do you feel as DK Metcalf ran down do, uh, Buda Baker, Baker last Sunday night? I mean, was that not the most ridiculous play you've ever seen? My feeling was DK Metcalf is a better defensive player than Arcega Whiteside is a better is an offensive player. That's, that's I, I actually believe that to be. In true. fact, did you see Jeremy Chin had an offensive play the other night? Yeah, that guy was he yeah. was pretty good. Apparently, he was who they were going to take if they didn't take Jalen Hurts. Yeah, that was a that was a more impressive on, offensive play than than Arcega Whiteside had in his career, and he's a defensive player. Yeah, like, that's all. Bit, but anyway, um, I have to get, I have to touch on this because oh, this was God. the most infuriating thing. Look, man, <laughs> Mike, I thought the Middleton press conferences were this was worse. It was worse. <laughs> Here's the two things, right? Um, the thing that drove me most nuts, right, was when John Middleton said that stupid thing about COVID. Uh, I don't remember. How long was that ago? Was it a month, uh, two months ago? Uh, about uh, like three weeks, four weeks ago, something like that. Okay. So they had plenty of time, especially after everything the Sixers have done, signing and they basically built an entire organization all over again. They signed multiple coaches. They signed multiple executives. Okay, they've completely redone their entire organization. So that gave the Phillies time to kind of go. You know what? We said something stupid. We're going to dial it back, and we're going to go, and we're just going to we're going to kind of admit we were wrong, and and then they're going to go. Oh yeah, we're aggressive pursuing general managers. Even if they don't sign a general manager, they should at least portray the optics. <clears throat> that they're gonna that they're gonna go out and do it. Instead, they doubled down on the COVID thing. How do you do that after the team across the street rebuilt the entire organization from from scratch? They doubled down on it. It's, it's astonishing. It shows Mike how completely out of touch they are. How they're not really paying attention to anything. And the thing I found most offensive is Andy McPhail repeatedly just demonstrating he has no desire to even do this job. Like he doesn't even want to be there. It's insane. Like McPhail said, uh, said I told Middleton when my contract's up, I'm done. I told him if he wants to go hire somebody, I'll step aside. McPhail doesn't even want to be there. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, too. Like it's you could tell by the way he talks, by the way uh, uh, Andy McPhail talks, and by the way anybody in the organization talks. There's no accountability. Like he's so blasé about everything he's saying. Uh, he's just so casual about it. Like, if we don't, we don't a couple of years ago. Everything that comes out of the mouths of everybody in that organization, it's just, it shows you that John Middleton doesn't put pressure on anybody in that organization to win. Like, if you had a real owner who cared, after that type of news conference, they would get railed on by the owner. Like, what do you think you're doing? You can't, you can't talk like that. Like, we're trying to win here. But instead... I wonder if John Middleton even saw it, if he even cared. There's no accountability. There's no – everybody in that organization is just so lax, and so uh, they just every, – everything they, they do, they think they're, they're perfectly fine. They, they think they're, they're untouchable, and there's, there's just no desire to win in that organization. And I, I go back to what happened in Seinfeld. Remember the episode with um, 
Elaine and Newman with the bike. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When they want each wanted the bike and, and, uh, and Kramer and, and right, yeah. and Newman said he got uh, cut it in half. And remember when Elaine and when Elaine um, <laughs> took it like when Elaine took it away from Kramer. Yeah, he's like, I thought you were up here, and now you're way down here. Like that's what that's what I look at with the Phillies. Like to me, Josh Harris and John Middleton were neck and neck for the worst owner in this yeah. city. Josh Harris has left him in the dust right now. John Middleton is all alone in a corner as the single worst owner in Philadelphia sports. And he's working his way to one of the all-time worst owners in Philadelphia My, sports. Like, if you can't even surpass Josh Harris, if you're that far behind Josh Harris, you need to look yourself in the mirror, dude. Mike, I got to say, the most heartwarming thing of 2020 is this new found uh, inspiration and, and uh, like uh, love affair you have with Josh Harris. I love it. It's heartwarming. Oh, it's <laughs> It's heartwarming, Mike. <laughs> it's hard. It's far from a love affair. <laughs> I, I, know, I know. I know. I know. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, like, but hey, com- compared to Middleton, yeah. you know, I mean, hey, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll build a statue for Josh Harris. That's how down I am on Middleton. Well, it like, won't be a very tall statue. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, look, man, look, I know that we're all down on Middleton right now, but don't you think, as a guy who built a business and became a billionaire, like, don't you think, is there at least somebody who's whispering in his ear and saying, John, like, you've got to get control of your organization. Like, does he have anybody in his, in, in his ear whispering this stuff to him? And if, and if, and if they, he does, what does he just say? Nah, I'm fine. Like, how, do, how can he not see what's happening to this organization? How could he not watch that news conference and be embarrassed by it? If you own the team, wouldn't you see that and be like, oh, my God, that was awful? Oh, absolutely. And I appreciate the yeah, call. Take care, man. Thanks, man. And uh, it's, I, I, don't, I don't know what goes through John Middleton's head. I, I don't. I don't know what goes Air. through. I don't know what goes through his head before he goes and and speaks at press conferences. I don't know. I, I mean, they had four weeks after Middleton talked himself into a hole last time to prep McPhail on what to say, and basically McPhail came out and was even worse. Uh, the the PR with this team is is non-existent and. I just, it's unbelievable some of the things Andy McPhail had to say. It is truly unbelievable. 215-592-9494. Got it at the break here. Raphael, you'll be first right after the break. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 